0: I bet this has happened to you. Be honest. Don't lie. If you are in church. Someone approaches you to approaches you on the street or on the subway, and they come up to you, and they say this this little simple question. They say, do you know where this street is, right? Or, or they might point to their phone or a piece of paper. "Do you? How do I get to this address? Can you please point me in the right direction? Has that ever happened to you? Raise your hand if that's happened. Come on. Be honest, right? Now, listen. In that moment, you have three options. Everybody here, when that have this quiet, it, this happens all the time, especially in New York City. You know, one is... You know how to get there, right? And so you give the person the directions. You show them what train to get on. You point them in the right direction, and you help the person be on the way. Right? That's option one. Now there's two more options, and I'm afraid that this is the, op- the two options that a lot of you uh, tend to do. The first one is uh, you say, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry, I don't know how to get there. And I don't want to send you, I don't want to get you lost. I don't, I'm going to be completely honest. You know, I, I don't know where, I heard the street, I don't know where it is, right? You're honest. You give them the right answer. Of course, you want to help them. Maybe you feel bad, a little bit of shame. Maybe you feel like you should know or whatever, but you're honest with them. And you send them on their merry way. You don't give them the wrong directions. Or, Three, and I'm afraid, uh, I think that this is probably what most of you do, if you're honest, you pretend that you know where the street is, you think you know the train, right, you think you know what it is, and so you give them the wrong directions, or, or maybe like you're too prideful to admit that you don't know, right, And so you just, you send them in the wrong ways, like, yeah, get on this train right here, you'll be there in three stops, right, or whatever, and you send them on their wrong way. And then as they walk away, you give them a devilish smile, right? And they wave at you and say, thank you. And you're just smiling. And you're like, man, where did I send this person to, right? And they, you, head the, you watch them head in the absolutely wrong direction towards anywhere but their desired destination. Isn't that right? That's what so many of us do. But be, let's be honest, guys. Ready? We're in church. Be honest. How many of you have done that? Be honest. Come on. Don't lie. Don't lie. I know a lot of you said, oh, go this way or whatever the case is. And you send them in the wrong way. I don't believe you guys at all. Listen, last week we began a brand new series called Fake News Here. And now listen, this has nothing to do with Trump. It has nothing to do with politics. So if you came here to listen to a message on that, unfortunately, that's not what this is about. But what it is, is a walk through the book. Or like I mentioned last week, it's a letter, the letter uh, to the Galatians. Now, Galatians was written by Paul. We mentioned this last week to the churches in the region of Galatia. Galatia was a region and he wrote them this letter and it was all about reminding them of the good news. Now we said that the overarching theme of the entire book was this, it's in your notes, that there is only one good news and all other gospels are fake news. That's the, that's the whole overarching theme of the entire letter to the Galatians, that there is only one good news and all other gospels are fake news. Now, if you guys remember, Paul walked the streets of the region of Galatia, and he would reason with the people there, he would talk with them, and he shared the truth of the gospel with them. Now, I want you to imagine it like this. Imagine Paul heads to Galatia, and people come up to him to ask for, not for physical directions, not for a physical, how to get to a physical address, but people come to Paul, and they ask him for spiritual directions, okay? Okay. And so Paul shares with them the gospel. He shares with them the good news. He he shares with them directions to a new life. He shares with them directions to forgiveness of sin and a renewed purpose in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. People come, they ask him for directions, and he points them in the right way, in the right direction, and that is towards the direction of the gospel. Now, folks, in Galatia, these people that Paul has spoken to, they received those directions. They, they started heading that way. They arrived at the destination that the gospel of Jesus Christ that the Gospel of Jesus Christ leads to. But now imagine in that scenario, right? imagine that someone else comes in to speak to those same people and they say, I understand that you got those directions, uh, but you're missing a little bit of information. You're, you're missing something. You also need to follow these directions. Essentially, this is what happened to the believers in Galatia. Essentially, this is what's happening. They received the, the word of, of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ from Paul, and they were following them, and they were living them out. And then some people came in and said, Oh, uh, you're missing something out. You actually got a little bit of false information. Right? They heard the pure gospel preached to them, but some other people came and gave them other directions. But those directions were putting them off track. Paul is going, to use, is going to address this throughout his letter, throughout the whole letter. It's kind of seasoned, then there's kind of been there, and we'll see this today in today's passage as we we'll continue to work our way through the letter of Galatians. So we're going to continue in chapter one. We left off in verse five last week. So guess where we're picking it up today? In verse six. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open it. The passage is also there in your notes or on the Bible app on Facebook wherever you want. You can follow along. Is there in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10. Now, here's the thing that Paul is going to say. Okay, here's here's what Paul is going to tell them. This is the first fill in the blank in your notes, that there is no other gospel. There is no other gospel. And I would love for you guys to read it with me in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Let's read it out loud. Do me a favor, read this for your moms, okay? In honor of your moms, whether she's here or not. Uh, she, she's alive in honor of your mom. Let's read it out loud for her. Ready? Go. I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and a turning to a different gospel, not that there is another gospel. Now, listen, as I read into this passage, right, I can almost feel the astonishment with which Paul is writing this letter. You guys see that? It's almost. He says, "I'm amazed." In fact, circle that part right there in you know it's in uh, verse six. I am amazed. He says, "I am amazed." And as I read into this passage, I can read into that astonishment with which Paul is writing this letter. It's like he's baffled. Right? He's baffled that they would essentially reject what he called the grace of Christ. And guys, you need to understand this, that the very fact that the Galatians began to listen to some other teachers that were saying you had to do, you know, something else in addition to the great receiving the grace of Christ, it is an outright rejection of the grace of Christ. And so this baffles Paul, and he's amazed. He's amazed that they so underlined right there, it says that so quickly it happened, right? So quickly, It almost feels like he's saying, geez, guys, like I I turned my back on you away for one second and you took off like a rocket in the opposite direction. I gave you guys this truth. I told you the gospel. When I left you here, you were going the right way. But so quickly, you you turn your backs and you're going the wrong way. It's almost like a parent scolding their kids, right? It kind of has that. It's Mother's Day, right? So let's say it's like a mom scolding her kid, right? And at home, our kids, our kids at home, it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, horrible issue. It's very serious. Something that our kids suffer with. Maybe, I don't know if you guys know anybody. It's very, it's very difficult. It's very sad. But in our house, our kids suffer from short-term memory loss. And it's, it's quite, I don't know if any other parents have that, you know, kids with that debilitating disease. It really is an epidemic in our day and age. It's something that scientists and doctors should be looking into. They should be working around the clock, you know, to find a cure. But we'll tell them to do something. Put something away, right? Stop doing something. And no longer that we turn our back away, it was like it was never said. And I don't know if that's what it's like for you guys with, you know, the memory. It's like the memory just vanishes. That like we just told, put the dishes away. Stop playing on the tablet—it It's gone the moment we turn away. It vanishes. And we get the kind of that feeling that that's what Paul is saying in essence, right? He's like saying, geez, guys, like I turn my back on you for one second and you go off and you change everything I taught you. Everything I told you, you go and you follow something different. And I really love, in fact, the tone with which Paul is saying. It's almost, it's kind of sassy. It's kind of like tongue-in-cheek. Did you guys catch that? He said, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm amazed you are so quickly turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, right? In fact, underline that part in your notes right there. I love how he's kind of throwing that in there. He's like, guys, you're following another gospel. By the way, there isn't another gospel, right? So what you're following is just fake news, right? He says, that, not that there is another gospel. Guys, there is only one gospel, There is only one good news. His name is Jesus. There is only one way by which we can be saved. It is through Jesus. It's not through meditation. It's not through multiple roads that lead to heaven. It's through one person. His name is Jesus. And Paul is going to boldly and emphatically repeat this over and over and over and over again throughout the book of Galatians. So if you're tired of it now, Sit tight because throughout the book of Galatians he's going to continue to repeat this, that there is no other gospel. And the next thing Paul is going to warn is this, number two in your notes, to beware of false teachers. To beware of false teachers. This is what you are when you give the wrong directions to that poor soul, okay? You're a false teacher. Just kidding. But here's what it says. But there are some who are troubling you and want to distort... The gospel of Christ. But there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. That's verse 7. So why were the Galatians swapping out the original message of the gospel that they had first received for another? Why? Well, here it is. It seems that some people had come in and infiltrated their community, their church community, and polluted Paul's teaching with their own. It's kind of like a rumor. Have you guys ever experienced a rumor? Have you ever had this happen to you? Someone came to you and said, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They did this or they did that. It's like a rumor. Or maybe somebody spread a rumor about you. But at the end of the day, it comes out to be that that rumor wasn't true. But sometimes after rumor has spread, guess what? The damage has already been done. And it's kind of like, kind of this way. This is kind of what's going on. Some false teacher had melted in among these young believers and convinced some that in order to truly be saved, in order to be truly, to truly be a Christian and a follower of Christ, you had to keep certain Old Testament laws. They began to spread this rumor. They began to teach this doctrine within the early church and say these things. But Paul will go on to say this in verse 8. You have it there in your notes. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. In other words, beware of false teachers who teach you anything that is contrary to the gospel. You know what's really interesting, guys, is that there are religious sects, but even today, in our day and age, that are founded upon a leader who claim to have an angel appear to them and reveal a different gospel, which Paul would say is no gospel at all. And so maybe you think to yourself, geez, Danny, is it, is it really that big of a deal, Danny? Come on, cut these people to shake cut cut these people a a, a deal would you please give them a break Paul would say it is a big deal Paul would say absolutely I don't know if you guys see with which the seriousness Paul is speaking here but he says it twice in, in the verse we just read in the verse after he says a curse be on the person who preaches a message contrary to the gospel so guys is this serious it's pretty serious so why Why is it such a big deal? Well, listen, guys. If you give somebody wrong directions, you know, chances are they'll get on the wrong train, they'll walk a couple blocks or whatever, and guess what? They'll find their way eventually. They'll ask somebody else. They'll get there. All right? Eventually, they'll figure it out. They'll find a way. But if you give someone a false gospel, there are eternal consequences. There's eternal consequences. Because within the gospel message is the hope and the promise of spending an eternity in the presence of God. Which means that the opposite is also true. That apart from the true gospel, there's eternal separation from God. Is that a big deal? Absolutely. Now how is this relevant for us? We need to beware of false teachers. And guys, there are many. We need to be cautious because many will come with a message that may sound similar to to what we say here on a Sunday, or what we speak about in life group. They may even tell you that and claim that it's the same thing. But it's not. You know, I love what Stephen mentioned last week uh, during announcements. He said that the best way to know when something is counterfeit is to really know the real thing. And it's so important that we really understand the gospel, that we truly understand what it is. That way we can identify the things that aren't. Beware of false teachers. And here's the last thing he'll say. Number three, don't compromise the gospel. Read verse 10 with me out loud together. Let's read, uh, let's finish. This is the last verse for today. Verse 10, ready, go. For am I now trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Guys, did you ever get something that came in a box? For example, anything that's inflatable or a pool or whatever, a toy of some sort, it came in a box, and it was so neatly put in there, right? It was you, you were surprised when you opened it. How did they fit all this stuff into the box? And once you took it out, once you inflated it, once you played whatever, and you try to put it in the back in the, bo- back in the box, guess what happens? It doesn't fit, right? No matter if you, you take all the air out of it, you, you try to put it, you cram it back in, it never fits back in the box, the way you the way originally came out, it's impossible. And you know so often there can be a temptation to try to put God in our box. And when you try to do that it's just like it's just like when you're trying to stuff something into its box that just doesn't fit And you might ask but why can't it be that God simply allows his truth to be true and everyone else's truth to be true as well. you know in other words, why can't God simply let everyone else get away with, whatever so long as they're not hurting anyone and as long as they're being good people. And the answer to that question is, God is God and you're not. Don't put God in your box. Because you see, there's a temptation to take the parts of God that we like and then supplement the parts that we don't with our own ideas of God. And that's what Paul is saying when he says, for am I not trying to persuade people or God? In other words, Paul wasn't simply trying to persuade people of his point of view. and He's not trying to persuade God of his own interpretation of what he thought the gospel was. He's not trying to fit God into his own made-up point of view. The gospel message that Paul shared to the Galatians was not something that he fabricated. Instead, it was a message straight from God to all. This was God's ordained message delivered throughout the history of the Old Testament and fulfilled in Jesus in the New. So it's not our job to try to fit God into our little box. It's not our job to try to make sense of God according to our tiny, minuscule, limited understanding of Him. By the way, you don't want a God that you can put into a box because that God is too small. If you could put God in your box, he's too small of a God. And actually, if you are able to put your God into a box, that makes you God. Paul says he's not trying to persuade people. He's not trying to persuade God of his own ideologies. And then he says that he's also not trying to please people. And this is another temptation that we face as well because... Sometimes we can be so fearful of what others think about us that we compromise the truth of the gospel just so that we can be liked, just so that we can be accepted, or just so that we can be tolerated. And listen, I get it. Every day it feels like more and more that you're walking on eggshells in regards to our faith. Doesn't it feel that way? We live in a world that is growing more and more hostile toward Christian beliefs. America was founded upon Christian principles, but she has strayed far away from them today. And the world, the, the world would want you to believe that your faith in Jesus is unloving, that your faith in Jesus is intolerant. That's what the world wants you to believe, that the values and the principles that, that you hold according to your faith in Christ are bigoted and offensive. That's what the world wants you to believe, and that you should actually, what you should actually do is adapt your thought process to whatever popular culture would have you believe. But guys, let me help you understand something this morning. That you can still be loving and believe differently than your friends. That you can still be loving and believe differently than your coworkers; That the dichotomy that you cannot hold a firm belief in the gospel without being a bigoted, intolerant, uneducated, religious nut is false. You can hold a belief in Christ and also be loving towards others with different beliefs. You can share your faith with others. In fact, if you truly believe the gospel, then it's the most loving thing that you can do. And if they reject it, you can still be friends. But we must reject the temptation to compromise the gospel simply to please people. Because like Paul said, if you're trying to please people, you choose to be a servant of them over a servant of Christ. Which is it going to be? are you a servant of people are you a servant of christ guys the gospel is straightforward and simple but it is also complex and a mystery the gospel is that in our sinful condition we found ourselves heading away from god and towards destruction but god in his immense love for us enters our mess he meets us in our brokenness and he fulfills the punishment of our sin and relinquishes the grip of sin over us and gives us his righteousness through his life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And this and all this is accomplished through the work, the through the work of Jesus. And it's a free gift of God's grace that you cannot earn. And all we need to do in order to receive this gift is give up our thrones, relinquish our crowns, and allow Jesus to reign. Accept God's free gift of grace in Jesus. That's all you need to do. And if you're here today, and you've yet to do, to make that decision, to put your faith in Jesus Christ, to step off your throne, and let Jesus reign as king in your life, then all you have to do is a decision between you and God, right there in your seat right now, Surrender your life to him and tell him, God, I've tried to do this on my own, but I can't. And I know that my sinfulness deserves your wrath and your punishment. But I accept the fact that Jesus died in my place to do what only he could and that I can. And I accept his perfect work on the grace of Christ. I accept that into my life and I make you Lord and Savior. Right where you are, you can make that decision. And if you've made that decision, then I want to encourage you to do something. Uh, in the back of your connection cards, if everybody would take that out right now, because there are some important next steps back there about life groups, and there's a spot for you to put your prayer requests and such. But if, if you're here today and you made that decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ, there's a, there's a slot that you can check off and let us know. And we want to celebrate with you, put a Bible in your hand and encourage you And you walk with Christ. And if that's you, I encourage you to make that decision today. Would you guys pray with me? God, I pray that you would help us receive this truth today. That there is no other gospel. There are many who attempt to corrupt the gospel. But I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment. Help us reject all false teachings. I pray for a a love to develop for your word that we would be fervent students of your word. And Lord, we pray that we wouldn't compromise the gospel simply to please others. Instead, that we would be faithful to you over the contradicting messages of this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.